0: Hello, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. Coaching for success in sport and business. Your host is Emma Doyle, the energy and high-performance under-pressure coach who is a world leader in unleashing human potential. Buckle up for this high-octane session. Let them have it, coach. G'day, everybody, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. It is my honor and pleasure today to interview two fabulous women from Her Brilliance. Now Her Brilliance embraces women-centered group coaching approach to accelerate the development of female leaders and they use a unique coaching approach full of positivity, supportive, community environment, um, safety in the leadership identity, lots and lots of great things that I can't wait to talk about in building confidence and promoting female leaders. So Kelly Jenkins, how are you? I'm great, Emma. Thanks so much for having us. Yes. Look, I, everyone can already tell maybe that slight accent there. We do have something <laughs> in common. We'll get to that in a minute. Laura, ben, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the coaching po- podcast and welcome. Thank you for having us both. It's great to be here. All right. Well, Laura, I'm going to throw it straight back to you because your accent isn't similar to mine. With the Vegemite no. question, the first question, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, so I want to know, A, have you been to Australia, even though you've partnered with the, the fabulous Kelly Jenkins? Um, have you been to Australia and have you tried Vegemite and, th- and therefore what's your take on it? <laughs> um. I have to admit, I was like, huh, this is
1: such a question. So interesting. I have not been to Australia. Um, I did live in London for a time, and I worked with um, quite a few people from Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have not had the the good fortune of trying um, Vegemite. So I don't know about it. (laughs) Except Kelly shared with me.
0: Okay. Well, I have a feeling the next meeting that you two have, there may be some exploration opportunities there. (laughs) Kelly, what's your take?
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, what Australian kid doesn't grow up eating Vegemite sandwiches at school every day? Mm-hmm. So there is nothing better. We always try and have a jar in the pantry here, although we haven't been back to Australia for so long that I think we're out right now. So mm. looking forward to my husband bringing some back in the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, well, my my heart's with you too. I haven't, it's coming up three years. So uh, but my mum sends me care packages with a little. <laughs> thank goodness. So, um, so listen, Kelly. On that note, then, because you are a lover of Vegemite, could you start with your best coaching moment and maybe what was some a lesson or two for our listeners?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, I can't think of any specific moment, but I, you kind of you know it when you feel it, and it's that sense of being in the flow, just so deeply attuned to the conversation, the questions are flowing naturally. And your client is thinking really deeply about their answers. So I love when a client says, that's a great question. And not so much because I'm looking for the validation of, you know, I did a good job, but more because I know that it is really taking them to a place that they haven't considered previously.
0: Mm, great lesson there for your know, questioning and trusting your instinct. I love that one. Laura, you're going to have to start on the flip side for me. What about a coaching moment that didn't go so well? Yeah,
1: um I I was thinking about a particular engagement with uh it was sort of a you know, your typical um leader is asked to go through coaching, you know, as a way to sort of help them develop. And um in this particular case, I think what was challenging was the leader was not super invested, you know, a lot of questions about why am I even here. And you know, coaching I think is such a co-created process. And so um you know, it was, just, it, it was very difficult to really, you know, go to the places that we love to go to as coaches, like Kelly said, you know, and uh, so, of course, I think from my end, then became very much wrapped up in my own head about what's going on, you know, am I doing a bad job, that sort of thing, but really just the importance of, you know, it's, it's the person's life, and if they're not really invested in it in the driver's seat,
0: mm.
2: um, you know, it's, it's really tough to do.
0: And, piggybacking off that Kelly can you think of a moment that didn't go so well
2: oh yeah and and then Laura's hinted at it is when we get in our own heads Mm. when we get so sucked in to the client's story that we take it on as our own and we start trying to fix and find solutions and I mean it's a natural it's a natural human instinct to want to help and Helping in that way is not our role as a coach. So it's trying to bring yourself back out of that when the, you know, when you find yourself sucked into it.
0: Mm. You know, one of my favorite things about this podcast is I generally do a business coach and then I'll do a sports coach. And I love the balance of answers with regards to what you just said, because as a sports coach and me in chapter one, as a tennis coach, our job is to potentially fix a forehand. So I love this word coach. It's so fascinating to me. And I think it's so fascinating for our sports coaches to learn from business coaches around the power of not trying to get so stuck in our own heads that we're trying to fix somebody's point. I know in chapter one, I used to spend like 90% of my time trying to get the angle of the racket just perfect when really it wasn't probably going to impact the the result on the weekend when it was about them finding the answers that live within Mm -hmm. themselves so I just, I love that every week. And I, I just thought I'd highlight that maybe some other listeners might draw their own conclusions, fancy that, uh, onto the, the value of this podcast. Um, Laura, what about a great coaching moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, like Kelly, I don't, there wasn't one in particular, but I was reflecting upon actually the last women's group that we led um, together and just how amazing it was to know bring women together from such different backgrounds having different roles and just to see um, what can get created when you bring women together it's really something quite sacred and remarkable and really just bigger than even the sum of the individuals together Um, extremely extremely rewarding and i think you know so rarely do we have that space in our lives to reflect and explore and make those connections Um, It was really, really just such a wonderful experience.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to ask both of you more questions around that because I don't think we've had anyone on the podcast that really specializes in the group coaching approach. So I'm excited to take a deeper dive into that uh, soon. Uh, Let's go into our next question. Kelly, over to you. Sliding doors question. Have you seen the movie? The I have. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, All right. (laughs) I don't even need to explain the question. No,
2: you don't. No, I'm right there. Um, (laughs) And I think for me, it goes right back to early 2000. Um, I was working for a professional services firm in Melbourne, Australia, um, and I got called into the partner's office one day and was told I was going to be made redundant. And that just—I mean, like a knife through my heart. Like, who was I when I wasn't this, you know, successful professional? Um, And it was—you know—it's one of those things. It was a first-in, first-out. Sorry, last-in, first-out kind of scenario rather than performance based it was you know financial pressures and I spent a couple of days really kind of wallowing in that victim mentality of you know what had been done to me you know I'd been brought across to this firm and then they were letting me go um, and there was just a moment of clarity where I decided I had nothing to lose so I went back in the next day and asked for what I wanted and what I needed which was a move to another division within another group within the, the organization. And so I think two things. I mean, that changed my career trajectory um, and really ultimately led me to the leadership development work that I'm doing today. But I think more importantly, it just gave me this sense that we are often we often have more control over our own destiny than we even realize. If only we have the courage to ask for what it is that we want and we think we need. Mm,
0: fantastic! More courage than we realize, listeners. Mm-hmm. You heard it right here from Kelly Jenkins. <laughs> All right, Laura, what about you? Yeah.
1: Um, The moment that came to my mind is actually pretty recent in the past year. Um, I had reconnected with some old colleagues um, and was in the process of sort of interviewing with them to potentially join a firm uh, as a coach. And, you know, it had been a pretty drawn out process. And again, I'd known several people in this organization. And I was pretty set and excited at at first about doing this. I think it was going to be a really lucrative opportunity. And then over time, as the process went on, there were just some things that um, I noticed. And in the end, um, I ended up turning it down and walked away from it, which was a really difficult decision. But as I reflected on it, realized there were just some things that were... um, in conflict with, I think, some of my values and uh, what I was really looking for, and as a result, I've been able to do some really amazing work, and have had some other opportunities that I would have never really thought that I would have had
0: um, had I
1: taken the one opportunity. So, mm-hmm.
0: and can I ask, how did you discover that? Was it in the questions that you asked them in those in the interview process, or you know, it was it was the stuff between the lines, it
1: was the intention behind, it was sort of the message it was sending that some of the behaviors were sending to me um, that ultimately, you know, I didn't quite feel as respected um, and valued in a way that I, it, that was important to me. So it wasn't necessarily what they said. It was sort of what was behind it. So, mm-hmm. Which
0: yeah. Is, what a fabulous coaching skill that is. What we say is often not what we mean, whether mm-hmm. that's us, you know even subconsciously as coaches and also with the people in front of us it's being yeah. able to read read the body language i i fantastic mm-hmm. great and i think too the the
1: freedom that you've you know i felt afterwards was like wow what a relief
0: mm-hmm. i really made the right choice there mm-hmm. yeah and we so often feel that in our gut don't we mm-hmm. straight away it's like oh yep. that, was, that was a great decision <laughs> all right kelly <laughs> In one to a maximum of three words, what do you think <laughs> makes a great? This point? was hard. This was hard.
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I thought it was hard too initially, and then I wrote down my first word and realized that I probably didn't need any more words than that. Um, and the word was presence, because I think you know that gift of presence that we give our client—that kind of wholehearted witnessing of their story, creating the space for them to share what's on their mind. It's just a gift that they don't get anywhere else in their life generally. Um, And, you know, I think as beginner coaches, particularly, you know, you get all caught up in, well, am I doing it right? Am I asking the right questions? When in actual fact, you provide so much value just by being there for your client and letting them share their story and think through you know what it is that's preventing them from getting where they want to be um so I decided I didn't need more than one word I'm going to stick with presence
0: <laughs> well I'm feeling very present with both of you right now so <laughs> we I'm loving it all right Laura what about well you?
1: I was you know it's no wonder that we're partners because that was my first word as well <laughs> I'm not joking <clears throat> Um, but yes, I, I won't re- reiterate what what Kelly said. I did have a couple others, um, but I think they're they're all very much tied into this idea of holding space, providing that permission and safety, you know, for people to and, and being with, right? So just giving that permission to kind of show up as you are. But the other words I used was um, like tuned in. Um, So you know, it wasn't quite listening, it was sort of a mix of listening and intuition, but it's really in kind of what I shared before about, um, you know, you you listen for what is being said, for what's not being said, you listen for energy, you're sort of just tuned in, um, ultra tuned in to the other person. Um, And then the last one was just curiosity. You know, it's not about knowing, it's not about knowing anything really as a coach, it's just about the dance, And the exploration um, and really just kind of you know going and seeking what's possible for the other person.
2: Mm. We really are partners because if I had two other words that was what I'd written down (laughs)
0: listening (laughs) curiosity.
2: (laughs) Yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting isn't it curiosity Mm. it's such a beautiful word they're all great qualities and uh, it's a fine balance as well because often when we're pitching for work we have to show knowledge mm-hmm. and to be able to get the contract or to get the gig or to secure a client. And then it's about letting go. <laughs> it's a fine dance, isn't it? So um, I love that. Good. And the more you can hold space in being curious, I think that's, yeah, they all tie in beautifully together. <laughs> you are <you're> brilliant women. <laughs> right? Our last official question. I'm going to go back to you now, Laura. First up is where we ask you to ask us a question, and we often say, "What sparks Laura's curiosity?"
1: Mm, Yeah. You know, I I thought as I thought about this, I I I was thinking, you know, there's not necessarily the same question that I always ask, but I think, you know, as as coaches, I'm I'm usually curious about, you know, what's an obstacle or or a roadblock that. you know, you you've overcome as a coach, and how how it's shaped who they are today. Um, I think there's it's always sort of these up and down kind of roller coaster times, and so it feels um, you know encouraging to hear from other coaches and and leaders about what are those kind of obstacles that they've faced and
0: um, what they, what they've learned from them. Mm. And it ties beautifully into our sliding doors question Mm because often a lot of responses, uh, you know, on this show have been that when there's been that roadblock and they've Mm -hmm. had to make a dramatic turn. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I love that question, as you can imagine. (laughs) Over to you, Kelly. I'm going to handball good old Australia. Yeah, thank
2: you. Um, I am always deeply curious about the work that coaches do on themselves. So what, what are their practices um, to be able to show up as their best selves for their clients? You know, this, that sense of, you know, being present, is, it's not an easy quality to bring to coaching, especially, you know, if you're coaching back-to-back over the course of a day. So, you know, what are coaches doing themselves? Um, your own fitness as a coach to be ready, um, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, to show up for your clients um, in in the best way you can.
0: Fantastic, I really love that. And I think we might even just have to explore that on this episode. <laughs> I'll round that off maybe towards the end. Uh, but Laura, how, how did you two meet?
1: <laughs> it's sort of serendipitous and I, I kind of love the story. And when you asked the question about a sliding doors moment, my other option was actually meeting Kelly. Um, it really was uh, kind of a beautiful story. We have a, a connection in common, who happens to be um, a neighbor of Kelly and somebody that I've known professionally. And um, you know, in in conversation, I think for both of us, with with this connection and sharing sort of what our passions were and sort of you know where we were, we both sort of had this calling or a longing to do something different. And she said, you know, I think that you should meet. Kelly I'm going to introduce you and uh, I remember our our coffee chat and it was mm-hmm. like yes 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 <laughs> you know we we are we are called to do this work it was really very cool mm.
2: and how long ago was that it was it was pre-pandemic so yeah, like yeah. as you- we always tell time by the pandemic these days. So it was probably three years ago. Um, And in all honesty, despite the fact we both live in Denver, we've met in person twice Mm -hmm. in that time. And yet, and I think that's probably the the true mark of a great partnership is that we are so connected uh, and so aligned and we've only ever met in person
0: twice. Fantastic. So I really even, what about the creation of the name and the logo? I always find there's a story behind that, Kelly. what, What... how did you come up with her brilliance and is there a story there?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not, not a great one, but I guess there was a process that we went through, Um, you know, at the time we had been doing a couple of group coaching programs for women together as, you know, just kind of as one-off projects. And then this sense that if we brought it together under an umbrella, we could do so much more. We could offer those programs, but we could also do so much more work together for that, you know, that target market of women leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have always talked just, you know, I think both individually and collectively about sort of our deep why is around tapping into that brilliance that women have. And, you know, you can see it in other women and yet they don't always see it in themselves. Mm -hmm. And so there was this sense that we really wanted to provide an avenue through which women could both, reconnect with that sense of brilliance and then bring it to life in a way that felt authentic for them
0: Mm -hmm. and Laura why do you think that is why do you think as women leaders uh, could you shed a bit of light on that why don't we see our brilliance as much Mm -hmm. as we we can or could
1: yeah um, I think there's a lot of a lot of um, different reasons I think that women and I think we're, we're seeing it even more um, sort of exacerbated in the previous, the last couple of years over the pandemic. But women face some really unique challenges in the workplace as leaders, Um, all sorts of different things that I think we've been seeing for years and years. And like I said, have sort of come into the spotlight even more. One of the things Kelly and I see often is just this enormous amount of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, those kinds of you know, sort of mindsets and things that w- beliefs that women have about themselves or where they should be um, that really can also get in the way of them really tapping into their brilliance and and having the type of impact and influence that they might want to have.
0: Well, it comes back to what you mentioned earlier, Kelly, as well around finding the time to self-care you know take care of ourselves first Mm -hmm. Uh, and often we're so busy with all those things that you mentioned in my TEDx talk at the time there were more um, CEOs named John than there were female CEOs in Australia (coughs) that was 2017 so Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really yeah it's it's a really important work that you're doing and like I said earlier we haven't had many coaches that do group coaching um, in, I'm assuming if you've only met twice in person, a lot of it's virtual. Mm-hmm. So that I want to explore that a little bit further as well. So Kelly, what are some of the benefits of this group coaching approach?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, we, we discovered just how powerful group coaching could be, you know, through one of these programs that, that we ran very early on. And I remember there was just this light bulb moment for one of the participants who said something along the lines of, oh my gosh, I can't believe you experienced that too. I thought I was the only one. And I think this idea of being a, women, a, a leader who is a woman, you know, in organisations where there isn't equal representation and in some cases far from equal representation, there is this sense of feeling alone. Mm. Um, you know, there aren't female role models Um, there, there isn't a strong network of of female leaders generally. And so you are left to try and navigate that career structure by yourself. And so I think, you know, as Laura was talking before about the mindset. I think it's a twofold thing. There's the mindset piece, but there's also a a systemic piece. Um, and I think they reinforce one another Mm. and the fact that you can't see other people, you know, successful role models further up the chain, lead you into self-doubt and, you know, how do I show up and is this the right way? And I'm trying to do it like the man next to me and it doesn't feel right. Now it's, you know, so I think, you know, the real power is bringing women together in community. Mm. Um, And that, that is at the core of, of the work that, that we love to do. And, you know, we're really just overlaying that with coaching competencies and principles, Mm. which we know are so effective for, you know people's growth and development, so it's it's that combination of of a coach approach to bringing women together in community, so that they don't feel so yeah. alone. They can share their experiences. They can hear from others who are are experiencing the same things.
0: Yeah, I I really love the fact that you can impact one to many. You've got empathy in involved in there, and and Laura, you know, Zoom approach or the virtual approach versus a group. Um, environment in person what do you see is some of the advantages and differences yeah well?
1: yeah yeah I think I mean there's there's definitely advantages to both um, and we we enjoy and and um, we'll do you know both types of environments but I have to tell you there there it's really remarkable the type of space that you can hold in a virtual environment you know, I think the other aspect is generally the the group size is relatively small, so you can see everybody's face on the on the screen. It's not like you're scrolling through, you know, thirty people. But but there really is a, is a way to connect with people in a very genuine way um, through a virtual environment. And I think in some ways the advantages too for women who have multiple priorities and things going on the virtual environment
0: you know, it really meets
1: people where they are. So they can, they can show up from home, their home office or at home or in their current office, they're not commuting. You know, there really is that ability to just show up how you are, you don't need to get dressed or, you know, find childcare for your your children, uh, whatever the case might be. So it's really sort of a flexible approach, as well as, like I said, you, you can really create that That really wonderful space in a virtual
0: environment Mm. and Laura can you share one or two tips and tricks of how you create a safe space in the in that virtual we'd love to
1: yeah you bet you bet I think one of the the first things that we usually try to do is um, there's something to be said for how you arrive and so we you know, because most people are very busy, they're coming straight off of, you know, potentially another meeting or whatever the case might be. So there's, you know, distractions, all sorts of things going on in people's heads. And so we always start with some sort of arriving or grounding kind of exercise that just gets people in the right headspace and to to sort of tame some of the distractions, the other voices in the head, right, uh, and, and sort of be present in the moment. And I think the other thing that we try to do is have some sort of, you know, check-in questions to just sort of get the pulse of where people are at at the beginning. And that usually sort of then sets the stage for, you know, the rest of the conversation.
0: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And Kelly, what are some of the leadership uh, qualities that you're seeing um, in this environment like what are some of the, you know I, one of my favorite lines is uh, I'd love to see a world where the leader is coach is just the way of the future and in everyday conversations what are some of the the leadership qualities that your group coaching sort of brings to the surface or you talk about or I'd love to yeah. hear about that I mean I think one of the things
2: for women is you know, there is research out there that says that a lot of those leadership qualities that are considered to be, you know, more feminine than masculine, you know, that collaborative piece, the communication, the empathy, the the focus on relationships, they're the kinds of leadership qualities that are going to be needed to address the future global challenges. And so I think part of it is really helping women to see that they are leadership strengths you know when something is when something comes so naturally to you you often dismiss it you know it's well it's not that special like surely everybody you know is good at communicating or connecting with people and that is you know that mindset I think then stops women from leaning into what is a very innate strength but a very necessary leadership capability and I think if, if women were able to make more of those sorts of qualities um, and organizations were more receptive to leading from, you know, in that way, then I think women would be far more successful, mm. you know, both in terms of the confidence that they're bringing to their role as a leader, but also the impact that they're making within organizations.
0: Yeah, couldn't if, agree more.
1: If, Speaking- if I could, can I add something too? Yeah. I think, you know, part of what we were saying before was, you know, the sort of systemic plus individual component. And so part of also what we try to address is sort of this leadership paradigm, you know, in more traditional senses has looked in a particular way. And so part of, you know, the the conversation is around, like Kelly said, feeling more confident in your innate strengths. And that even though they may not look like the traditional leadership model or construct, there's value and and like Kelly said, it's actually really necessary.
0: So Laura, on confidence, uh, over my 30 years in sport as well, I have a lot of parents who ring me up and say, if only my child could be more confident. Now Mm -hmm. I know both of you are mums as well in this space uh, and confidence is such a fascinating topic. Uh, So I'd love to know, You know, a lot of people say as well in the workplace, if only she was more confident, then she could step into her brilliance. When, like, a manager might come to you and say that about one of the leaders in one of your programs, what are your thoughts around, A, that statement, and B, the word confidence? Hmm.
1: That's a good good question. I think, you know, we touch on some... (sighs) Confidence, I, I think, is, is it's an interesting one. You know, I think we um, we like to look at things like inner knowing, um, and really, again, sort of that it's it's about trusting one's self and trusting that sort of that inner intuition, that inner knowing, in ways that then allow you to be more confident, you know, in how you're showing up, um, looking at, you know, how are you aligning what you're doing with the things that are really important to you, like values or a purpose, all of that, like tapping into and accessing those parts of yourself can really help be, help one become more confident.
0: And, Kelly, what about from a parent's lens cap? Mm. We, we have a lot of parent listeners as well of student <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts?
2: It's really a sense of, of who you are and getting to, getting clear on that um, so that you can then trust your gut. But, you know, we, as when we're working with women, work very much from a place of, of strength-based mm-hmm. leadership. So we really want to focus on what it is that you do well and, you know, so with my daughter, I, I love to focus on, you know, less on where are your development areas and where are the things that you should be trying to improve on? Well, let's look at what you're really good at already. And let's lean into those, um, you're because that, yeah, it, because that really, that builds, I mean, confidence can be built mm-hmm. and it, it gets built progressively, the more you believe in yourself. So yeah. the more that you can focus on the things that you're good at, um, I think, it it gets you to a place where then maybe you do want to start to look at at some of the things that you would like to improve on, but not not from a place of, of deficit thinking, but really from you know from a strength strength based approach.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I always talk about the stretch concept. You know, I represented Australia twenty times. You might not know that, Kelly, in uh, as a junior tennis coach, mm. taking teams overseas, and I only ever met two girls maybe three, where I said you have to step up and win for Australia Mm -hmm. today. So to place that enormous amount of pressure on somebody, otherwise it was everyone else, it was just process, it was one step at a time, it was have them focus on their strengths. And another great Australian coach on the podcast, Darren Cahill, uh, that was his question to the podcast, how much do you focus on strengths versus areas Mm -hmm. for development? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even at the highest level of the game, he works with a lot of the top players. His philosophy is really to you know, focus on those those strengths as a real, you know, how to maximize those. I I love that. So, as we uh, so many awesome topics, ladies, having great time. Uh, let's go back to presence, Laura. Let's talk about presence. Let's talk about, let's talk about how you as a coach. How do you? What are some of the things that you do to help yourself be present for the people you work with?
1: Yeah. Um. There's a there's a bit of um preparation sort of on the on the front end in terms of uh, getting myself in the right mindset you know whether that's through exercise or meditation or you know short meditation just to sort of get my headspace in you know clear um, and minimize my own distractions I also find in the, I mean certainly from a very tactical standpoint I try and close out other the applications, you know, keep things very clean on my computer screen. Um, but I find that just the minute that I, you know, connect with somebody on Zoom or most of my work is, is virtual, just, re- again, sort of just tuning in and focusing completely on that person, it seems like everything just sort of disappears. But there are definitely moments where, you know, there's things on my mind that I'm, I'm worried about. And so sort of that preparation up front, um, you
0: know, getting yourself in the right headspace,
1: I think, is really important.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Kelly, how what are some of the tools that you use for self-care as a coach and you help your clients with around so that we can be our best version of ourselves and be more present?
2: yeah i
0: mean it for me
2: it's all about my morning practice it's it's getting the morning off on the right foot that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day um and you know there's a i've got a laundry list of of things that i like to make sure kind of form part of that practice from exercise to a nutritious breakfast but i think more and more it's coming down to um, a meditation practice um, that i've had for a number of years and that i've been working on deepening over the last few months and I have been um, surprised, I guess, by just how much that can impact you know, not only that moment when I am in meditation, but the rest of the day and the ease with which I can then come back to center myself uh, if I find that I do get knocked off by you know, other distracting thoughts or you know, the client's story. There is something about having that strong meditation practice at the start of the morning, which then allows me to be much more mindful through the rest of the day. So if any
1: of the listeners are interested in uh, a morning, like really structuring their morning, Kelly is, she's, she's got it. She has. She's brilliant. I said she's brilliant. (laughs) She's she's quite brilliant when it comes to the morning ritual. (laughs) And I know everybody is different and needs different things, but I I always admired that.
0: Yeah. All right. One last coaching tip, Uh, Laura, what, what, for our listeners out there, what's, what's one of your favorite coaching tips? Oh man, that's a good question. You can handball to Kelly while you if you want. Yeah, to I'm going to pass that one to Kelly for a sec. Oh
2: gosh. Um, <laughs> so I think it comes back to this sense of presence and, and preparation. Um, the, the thing that I always do before a coaching session is set an intention. Um, and what that requires of me is to kind of connect with, you know, this essence of who I know my client to be um and what is it that they might need from me in this moment um and that helps me to set an intention for how I want to be when I show up for them because you know different clients are going to need different things so really connecting into the individuality of of that client I think is important Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I love that um I think there's an authenticity piece for me um I I really try very hard to just be myself Um, and sort of trust that, you know, who I am is going to work for some, it may not work for everybody, but, you know, if I can't wholeheartedly show up as, you know, the best version of myself, then I can't expect anybody else, you know, to work on, on that for themselves. Um, and so I think being, giving yourself the permission as a coach to just be okay with who you are and showing up
0: as you is really important. Well, normally I like to round off the podcast with a through line in my my gut, knowing what the the tagline of this episode is going to be. But I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to meditate on it (laughs) so that I can be courageous and co-create the process with curiosity, tuning in my authentic self and setting an intention for this wonderful episode. I appreciate you both. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being on the coaching podcast.
2: My pleasure, Emma. It was so much fun.
0: And Laura, uh, both of you are brilliant. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. The Coaching Podcast is sponsored by Transition Coach for Athletes, a global coaching, mentoring, and U.S. placement service. The service helps athletes navigate the often challenging world of choosing your best college fitness performance. Visit www.transitioncoachforathletes.com. That's the number four. If you company are interested in sponsoring the coaching podcast, reach out to info at emmadoyle.com.au. Yeah, who doesn't want to talk about female leaders and what we can do to to help impact the world on that level, hey? Yeah.